Happy New Year, everybody. This is Keith, thinking about the holidays. I've just returned from my holidays, and I want to study the holidays in general, and also specifically the holidays, which I think of as the final two holidays on of the year, Christmas and New Year's Eve. New Year's Day is actually the holiday that begins the year and the federal holiday that we all have off from work. But New Year's Eve is the one we really celebrate, isn't it? So I want to think about these two in tandem because for me, when I tell people happy holidays, have good holidays, whatever, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about that week-long span between those two holidays and you know, how dead things are, how there's nothing really to do except for relax and celebrate. It's funny because there is this other weird political, cultural element to the phrase happy holidays. I think Fox News started this whole thing with their war on Christmas as if saying happy holidays was overly inclusive. And I kind of get their point in the sense that I'm not saying it to include Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, which is hardly celebrated at all, if at all, in the West. But I don't know. I think it's kind of funny that they take issue with people not just saying Merry Christmas. I guess I say Happy Holidays because it is more inclusive of New Year and the winter solstice, which is really what I'm interested in celebrating. And I think that Christmas and the New Year both acknowledge the winter solstice primarily. So I want to get into that, and I'm going to bring in my personal pagan uh, slant on this. I'm not technically a pagan as a religious person. I'm not religious, full stop. But I do relate to paganism quite a bit insofar as I not so much worship, but honor nature and the cycle of the seasons and the passage of time, as well as honoring multiple gods, or if not gods, spirits. You know, I like to think of myself as perhaps, I don't know, worshiping again is not the word I want to use, but acknowledging a certain platonic ideal of human qualities and human experiences like love or fear or bonding or, you know, these kind of general concepts that we honor through our gods throughout time and also with our holidays, which are in fact holy days. So I want to bring this slant to this discussion of holidays, which is often overused as a term especially in Europe, going on holiday. It's almost just synonymous with vacation, isn't it? And to be sure, in the States, in North America, most of us just appreciate federal holidays as technical time off, time off work to do as we please. And I am certainly not going to fight that because it's definitely true that we need this in life. We need them, you know, speckled throughout the year as breaks, And I really value that as a concept that people deserve these breaks to honor something. I think the most important thing to honor are the passing and changing of the seasons and what those fundamentally mean to us as humans. And I'll start with the winter solstice, which is technically December 21st or 2nd. And that's the shortest day of the year when the sun is out the shortest 
or the lowest in the sky. And there's a lot to be said about that from um, a historical and paganist perspective. If we can imagine our ancestors watching the sun slowly disappear quicker and faster in the sky, I mean, it must have certainly been a fright, you know? And that day when it's the shortest is this scary moment when people actually thought it was dying. And so when it rises again, that is certainly something to celebrate. And I think that Christmas in its original pagan form and also the previous religions that preceded it, like Judaism, but also Mithraism and many others, they get that. And they get it in really clear metaphorical ways. Jesus is God's son, the son, you know, it, it rises and sets and it dies on the horizon there. And then it rises again three days later. And that's the story of Jesus. And Christ's mass is kind of about that. But it's kind of, you know, it's been, in my opinion, tainted with all this other, other religious mythology and iconography from Christianity. But fair respect to Christianity. I don't mean to have a go at it. I think it's um, it's a solemn, important day for a reason. And while I don't personally know religious Christians, I do respect the reverence with which they take the holiday and I can appreciate that they are offended or judge this idea that it's kind of I don't know uh, blasphemous the way that so many people secular people treat Christmas nowadays myself included as a secular person it's you know a consuming holiday about shopping and eating and it can get quite tacky that's for sure. So I kind of appreciate the the more staid and ascetic aspects of the spirituality around the solstice. And um, I can appreciate that people can treat it with such reverence, even if they are kind of personifying it in the form of Jesus Christ and his crown of thorns and his, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, the the whole story of Bethlehem and Mother Mary and the manger and all this, it's its a very touching story. its I've always looked at it cynically as an as a agnostic and then atheist, but I was traveling at some point through Latin America, and I remember seeing in a church a really modest, stable manger scene, And I was quite touched by it. I think maybe because it was just stripped away of all of its crass American largesse and was just presented quite simply as this moment of birth and the respect and reverence it was given by the wise men around it and, you know, the the impoverished and simple people within the manger and the stars glimmering above it you know it's all very touching when you really think about it and I like that story if I'm honest I also like a lot of other Christmas stories that have been celebrated through film and literature like A Christmas Carol It's a Wonderful Life is amazing 
Home Alone as well is a touching family story and a lot of fun. So Christmas is something that I take in high regard, but I don't quite celebrate it in a traditional way anymore. I did as a kid. I was very excited about the new, you know, Nintendo or something. But nowadays, my family and I, my parents and brother specifically, and I celebrate it by just getting together, usually somewhere around the world that's a destination for us, usually escaping the cold winter into warmth and just being together and traveling. And that's kind of our tradition nowadays, which I, which I really appreciate. Nonetheless, Christmas remains this time of family bonding and reflecting and togetherness and food and these kind of things. And it's also, I think, you know, when we think about the iconography of Christmas, it does have these pagan roots, festivals of light, trees, like evergreen trees, wreaths, you know, city streets strewn with lights and warmth, you know. This is really fundamental stuff that warms us all in some way. And I think it's really appropriate that we we do make this effort to make merry, make merriment in this time of utter darkness and cold. I think it's a little off in terms of the actual cold because if I'm not mistaken, the real doldrums of winter are January and February later on in the winter and not December, which is really just the beginning of winter nowadays. That might have changed over time. Certainly it has, and global warming will continue to change that. But I think generally we we do this stuff around this holiday in order to warm ourselves and instill ourselves with this kind of message of hope and optimism and togetherness and all this kind of stuff, which is really nice. And I think New Year is the same. I think it's at once a time of reflection, but also a time of looking forward with revelry and excitement. And that's cool too, you know? So to me, these are the holidays. And I really think they do belong at the top of the pantheon of holidays, of holy days. This is more like a holy week. And the timing is strange because it doesn't quite feel the coldest and darkest when we do celebrate it. But astrologically, or astronomically speaking, and meteorology, meteoro, whew, meteorologically speaking, it is the darkest time. So I think it makes sense in a way. It does get me started on this idea of when the new year properly does begin. In my opinion, our Gregorian calendar has it wrong. I don't feel like January 1st makes any sense as a New Year's Day. I think something closer to April 1st would make sense, or the vernal equinox, the beginning of spring. But I'll come back to that. I'm actually going to work backwards on the calendar year because I actually think that as our North American calendar year progresses our holidays become more and more important so christmas is i think inarguably the most important holiday and second to that would probably be thanksgiving right i'm kind of out of the loop nowadays with thanksgiving because i've been living in europe for a little while and it's not a big deal where i live 
And I'm kind of happy about that because I think Thanksgiving is another one of these holidays that has kind of been changed and has like various weird elements running through it. Christmas, just to recap, it has that Christian side. It has the spiritual side that's part of the Christian element, but also deeper and older, the pagan side. And then it has that consumer aspect, which is, I guess, personified by Santa Claus and all the you know, all the stuff around him, like the reindeer and all that. Also, like all the songs and jingles, jingle bells, that insufferable song, Jingle Bell Rock, among others. You know, Christmas is really, it can go really tacky really fast, especially with like lawn ornaments and all that. But generally, that's the deal. Christmas has to live this kind of duality of like sincere and bombastic and i think thanksgiving is similar we have the sincerity of the harvest which is a again a pagan kind of ancient thing of collecting everything you've grown on the farm with your community gathering around a table having a feast this stuff is old you know it's really old and it comes near the end of autumn which makes sense before everything starts to really wilt and die and decay And then you have this other stuff on top of it, and I'll go two directions here. You have the weird mythology that the U.S. has put on Thanksgiving as an American holiday, which is, you know, the pilgrims dining with the Indians and sharing their feasts and teaching things to each other. And it's a really Pollyanna kind of story, isn't it? I think most of us have become jaded regarding this story because certainly the first Europeans were not just befriending the Amerindians, right? They were wiping them out, certainly, over time. But there was for sure a moment when, you know, the new arrival and the the native people were trying to coexist in some way. I don't know why that whole story has to be put on to this harvest festival of a holiday. I think that's really strange. So I think most of us largely ignore that whole thing. But we do try and give thanks. And that was this kind of original thanks, right? If you can put yourself in the shoes of the settlers of the USA, which I know puts you in this brutal position. But if you can imagine, you've shown up in this place, it's inhospitable, you're cold, you don't know the tricks of the trade, you don't know how to best get the food, you're maybe trying to learn things from people with that language barrier, and you're suffering through brutal winters. And in that case, you know, a simple meal is a lot to be thankful for, and it does make you count your blessings. So there's a really nice bit of humanity there right? It's quite sincere again, like Christmas. It's kind of Christmas light or pre-Christmas, beta Christmas. And that's how I think most Americans treat it. You know, it's a similar family gathering around a table. Basically, the TV is probably on for Thanksgiving, watching sports or something. And, you know, it's this big dinner feast situation. And that's how it is now, right? That's how modern people celebrate it. It's just time off it's uh it's a it's the second biggest holiday technically as well because christmas you know you generally get that whole week off around christmas and into new year's with thanksgiving you get get two days so that's pretty significant that second day is a point of contention of course 
because it's Black Friday, which is this weird, very overt commercialization of what could have just been a peaceful post-holiday free day, you know, but the USA has gone ahead and made it this big celebration of shopping in typical fashion, sadly, but if you leave that out of it, Thanksgiving is this kind of wonderful, you know, feast, perhaps overdone feast with binging and then uh, the hangover the next day, you know, of just relaxing, resting, not waking up so early, not rushing off to work, not worrying about the daily grind and what have you, and more just chilling out. It's not the same, though, in terms of the proper break that Christmas and New Year's represent as a proper winter break, which they are. I've always grown up with this sort of winter break built into my life because of being a student through many years, and then also as a teacher, and my family also being based on this kind of semester system in the States, a lot of us have this kind of ingrained that Christmas is a proper ending of a of a class in session of a semester. Thanksgiving's more of a interruption or a pause, you know, most people are still in the full swing of work. Autumn is kind of symbolically the era or the age of working. And that's even true for a lifespan, which you could think of as spring, summer, autumn, and winter. Autumn is when you're supposed to be most productive in life. So Thanksgiving is kind of an interruption of that. And I think in general, autumn holidays are kind of like that. You know, they're hard to fully appreciate because you're kind of in work mode, generally speaking. It starts with back to school season and then you're just in it. It's a little strange because the proper autumnal equinox is around the start of the fall officially, which is September 22nd or so. And we don't really have a holiday there. And there's really nothing proper that we do to celebrate that. Instead, we have Thanksgiving at the end. And then our third biggest is, culturally speaking, probably Halloween, which is one of these funny ones. It's a strange holiday that I want to spend some time on. It's technically All Hallows, All Saints Eve, All Hallows Eve, and it's um, All Saints Day is November 1st. No one really acknowledges that, and Halloween is not a federal holiday. It's not a holy day, but it's a holiday, to be sure, in the States that has really strange origins and meanings. I like to think of it, again, kind of from this pagan aspect of really acknowledging demons within us, you know, the darkness of humanity and the fear that we're capable of feeling when we're faced with nature and the unknown. I think mystery is kind of this oblique thing in the modern world. We we, we have so many conveniences like electricity and plumbing and, you know, housing and really collaborative law-based societies. So we're not really out there suffering in the wilderness anymore. But horror movies can remind us what that must be like, you know? And I think that's such an important thing for us to be reminded of, to tap into, how primal and, you know, dark 
life can be. That's what I kind of like about Halloween. And I think a lot of movies do a good job about getting us there to remind us how, you know, stripped down of all of our contrivances, we're kind of these vulnerable creatures. And I think that's cool. Of course, Halloween is not exactly celebrating that anymore. There's hints of it here and there, but nowadays it's mostly a party holiday. And most costumes are not so much the ghoulish, frightening types, but more like the sexy cheerleader types or like the, you know, sexy dead nurse or something, which is funny. Um, I want to say something about that real quick before going back to the pagan stuff. I actually think it's kind of cool, and I'm not just saying that as a warm-blooded man. I think it's kind of cool in this other way that podcaster and columnist Dan Savage pointed out. He was talking about gay culture and Pride Week, which is this circuit party that now travels the world where gay men can express their, their sexuality fully and visibly. And he noted that Halloween is kind of like the straight girl version of that now you know it's almost this time when you get to dress up as slutty as you want without judgment and put your sexuality on display of course that's just a minor facet of halloween but i think it's worth noting that halloween does let people be whoever they want for one night and it has that masquerade ball element which i think is quite cool I'm personally not a fan of dressing up. I haven't been dressing up for years, and I'm happy, actually, that Berlin doesn't really celebrate Halloween to that extent. It is creeping into Europe through London a bit, but generally speaking, it's a it's an American holiday. Uh, but it's an interesting one, and I think it's interesting how Americans feel such a need to participate in this masquerade ball of a party, you know, through shopping for tacky costumes most of the time drinking of course and just letting go letting inhibitions go there's this dionysian element to it which i think is is quite nice actually and yeah i think it's really important in our holy days to acknowledge that kind of spirit too this kind of fun letting go and submitting to a certain undercurrent of rawness in our humanity if you will it's just funny to me that halloween is becoming that for americans it doesn't really make sense you know i think of it as the wind the winter air you know starting to show its chill autumn's getting very cold it becomes harder to actually even dress in a casual way because your skin is exposed to the more chipper air and yet, that's when we do it, for some reason. So, yeah, that's like another big autumn holiday leading up to the end of the year. But I'll pivot now to when I think that sort of celebration is more appropriate, which is the vernal equinox, or spring. And again, in the States, we don't really have a proper holiday around this time. What we do have is something called spring break, which is kind of cool. I mean, it's, again, way too tacky. And growing up, I always kind of rolled my eyes at it because it was always associated with, like, you know, college beachgoers taking shots of tequila and flashing and, you know, beer pong and stuff like that. And I never got into that. Not quite. 
But I actually think it's quite appropriate because spring break is associated with this final letting loose and celebrating what I think of as the proper new year, actually. Because springtime is when the world is really anew, when flowers are blooming and birds are chirping and bees are buzzing and, you know, nature is in reproductive mode. And I think that's really appropriate. And that's a very good time to celebrate. And in a way, spring break is almost perfect as a as an exemplification of these ideas. Young people putting their sexuality on display through these kind of, you know, carnal acts of debauchery. And it actually mimics what's probably the biggest holiday celebration in the world, which is Carnival mostly done in Brazil, but all over Latin America and even in Germany and other places, and Mardi Gras. And this is such a time of revelry, you know, and it, it's fitting. And Carnival is also all about the masquerade party and, you know, the Dionysian Bacchanalia and stuff like that. And it's really something to behold and honor, actually. I mean, again, it can be tacky and kitsch and overdone and even obscene but i think there's a lot there that's worth acknowledging from a you know from a more again pagan or even intellectual point of view that people are really ready to let loose through excitement that the world is blooming again and that winter is finally over so a better time to celebrate i cannot even imagine and in the states we don't really have something for that I mean, Mardi Gras is kind of there and Lent is there through the religious side. And that's, you know, the abstinence of some amount of pleasure leading up to it. Or is it afterward? Now I can't remember. But I think it's interesting how that coincides. And then you have Passover from the Jewish tradition around this time as well. So, yeah, religions have their different takes all around this springtime. But there's no good holiday that properly happens around then. There is one, but I'm going to save that for my my more critical stance on these holidays. Actually, I think what might exemplify the celebration the most is, again, something we lack in the States, and that's the summer solstice, the midsummer holiday, which is really celebrated mostly in the Nordic countries in Scandinavia. That's um, Scandinavia being Norway, Sweden, and Denmark, and then the Nordic countries also including Iceland and Finland and maybe Estonia, and the countries that border them as well, where basically the days are very, very short and cold in the winter and very, very long and bright in the summer when the sun doesn't even really set fully. And that's really amazing, and that falls around June 20th, and it's the longest day of the year when the North Pole points at the sun the most. And man, what a time to celebrate, right? I mean, that is the epitome of summer and life at its fullest. And I actually wish that I could grow up in a Nordic country just for that in a way, because that is awesome. What a time to really acknowledge everything that life has to offer you know, it's not about collecting your harvest. It's not about um, the promise of life coming. It's like just full on life. 
And I think we've missed out on that in the States. Instead, we have this other kind of funny holiday that we use in replacement of that, which is our Independence Day, July 4th, which is just by happenstance that it's right there in the summer. But it kind of stands in for us as the midsummer celebration. It's a federal holiday, so we usually get that day off. And we can just really (laughs) celebrate summer. In my memory, my biggest celebrations were rafting down the river with my friends in California or New York. And, you know, just jumping in the water, drinking beers, relishing in the sun, having laughs, all that kind of stuff. That's like what summer's about. And somehow, 4th of July is when we get to do that the most. And it's totally not related to what July 4 means technically, you know, in terms of the government's acknowledgement of it. It's our day of independence as a, as a country, which is so removed from the idea of summer. It's just, it's so funny. Like, there's a few of these days that I'm going to get to next where... You know, technically the holiday is supposed to represent this thing, but that's not what it represents at all, actually. And actually, again, as a pagan uh, sympathizer, if you will, I think it's cool that the pagan elements actually outweigh the on-paper elements. You know, July 4 is not a celebration of 1776 and our founding fathers and the Declaration of Independence. It's not about that. It's about summer that's what it's about and that's what it should be about and i think it should even be renamed technically i mean independence day fine but you know most countries have an independence day or something like it where you know a country has wrestled its freedom from under the thumb of some other authority or whatever and that's fine i don't mean to disrespect it i was never that patriotic as an american citizen I guess if California seceded, I might acknowledge that day in some way. But holidays should be about the passing of time, not these kind of technical dates in history. So the other two days I'm going to mention next are actually my favorite holidays personally uh, throughout my 20s and young adult life. And they are, again, these awkwardly titled holidays in the states that don't mean what they actually are and they are memorial day and labor day these are my favorite holidays let me tell you why so memorial day is may 25th in 2020 it's the last monday of may and that means it's the kickoff of summer and that's cool that's kind of like our midsummer or even if you will kind of like our you know, vernal equinox. It's much later than the proper spring, but it's like, that's when people are getting excited. That's when, you know, girls are starting to show more skin and the weather is really starting to turn and everyone just has a, there's a buzz in the air that everyone can feel and you get the day off and it's a Monday always, which means a three-day weekend, which means an opportunity to travel, an opportunity to go big in some way, or not. There's no pressure on this day. You can just stay at home and do nothing if you want, which is so cool, especially when you compare that to the party holidays of New Year's and Halloween, where you're really, 
expected to have fun and if you don't you're disappointed and there's all this pressure of like what party are we going to are we going to party hop where am i going to be for midnight who am i going to kiss what am i going to dress up as you have all this nonsense and stress in those days but on memorial day you have no stress at all you just wake up and it's monday and maybe you'll have a barbecue or maybe you'll check out the beach first for the first time of the season and labor day is the exact same it's the first monday of september every year which symbolically represents the end of summer and so it's like kind of the exact opposite of memorial day and i love it because there's just no pressure you get to do whatever you want anything you do is cool because it's just a free day so I just love these bookends of summer. They're easily my favorite holidays. And yet, (laughs) I've just talked about them from like a seasonal perspective, which is how I think we all actually celebrate them. But they have these other meanings, which are kind of beside the point in my opinion, but I'll, I'll discuss it just for the sake of honoring what they do mean. Memorial Day is about uh, memorializing and remembering the wars that we've had and in particular the soldiers that died in those wars and i'm trying not to be jaded and cynical here i i do think that's important i guess of course you know human lives lost for war is sad and honorable or something i'm just speaking from a millennial point of view like The only wars I've known were the War on Terror, which has been an utter failure, and the war in, you know, the first Gulf War, which was a joke, and, you know, growing up in the shadow of the Vietnam War. I mean, there really hasn't been a cool war forever, you know? So it's really hard to connect with something like Memorial Day. But it is an important holiday for a lot of people, I guess. I just never think about that when it's actually the free Monday at the end of May. And the same is true for Veterans Day, which is, I don't even know when, and it doesn't fall in a proper cyclical calendar time. So it's not even like something I consider worth remembering, but it honors the living veterans of wars, which is again, I mean, it's nice. It's nice for them, but it's hard for me to really get excited about that because I don't think that it, exemplifies or connects to the real meaning of a holy day at all. It has nothing to do with the year. It's just kind of like a, I don't know, a token of appreciation, I guess. And Labor Day feels similar. Labor is certainly important. Uh, It's huge, obviously. And um, I've always voted labor, if you will. Working Families Party in New York. Uh, I guess I would vote Labor Party in the UK. I don't know. But obviously labor is a big deal, and it's kind of cool that workers get the day off to honor themselves, basically. And that's cool. But I don't really think that on September 7th or whatever, people are waking up thinking, ah, yes, labor, you know? They're just thinking, oh, who, what, what meat are we cooking today at the barbecue? Or, um, oh, last day at the beach, you know what I mean? And I think that's better. I think that's more appropriate for the end of summer to really be honoring the end of summer and getting ready for the kickoff of autumn, going back to school and getting ready for the new fashion season and getting ready to put your nose to the grindstone at work. You know, that's like way more important to recognize, if you ask me. 
than Labor Day. And if you want to do Labor Day right, look at Europe. We have May Day, which is the first of May. And, you know, here in Berlin, that day is, again, kind of like Memorial Day in the States, where it's really just the kickoff of summer and people are like, getting ready for like park vibes and outdoor drinking and stuff like that. But at the same time, we have like marches and protests and actual labor efforts, you know, against corporations or against governments as a real spirit of what Europe has been able to achieve throughout time, like the 40 hour work week and, you know, child labor law stuff. So like, there is a cool spirit there about labor and fighting and fighting for rights and all that. But I just don't think of that as like a holiday. I think of that as part of life and it happens whenever it needs to happen. I guess that's my perspective. So yeah, these are kind of like these strange invented holidays by our governments and us to kind of acknowledge important things, but mostly to just like pepper days off throughout our year and there are some other ones that we do that with that are a little random and these are the days based on people and i just say random because i just i kind of i'm just thinking like why is it that we celebrate these four people exactly and the four people are george washington abraham lincoln martin luther king jr and christopher columbus i mean it's kind of a funny group of people isn't it so the two presidents, they kind of make sense, you know, like to honor your presidents is fair enough. And Washington was the first one, so that makes sense. And it, his birthday was in mid-February. Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president, and he's considered the best by most people because, you know, he held the union together and he ended slavery, basically those two reasons. So fair enough. And his birthday was just a week before George Washington. So we have this day called President's Day, which is a federal holiday where everyone gets the day off. So that's nice. No one's going to shrug that off. But I just think it's weird, kind of, for some reason, that we have this President's Day and that it's on in mid-February, you know, like, whatever. I guess it's great to have a break in February. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to slag it off at all. But I just think it's kind of strange that that's what we're celebrating then, you know? And MLK is similar. I mean, he's a revered figure for great reason. He was the civil rights leader who essentially lifted up the black community in the USA to equality, which is amazing. So he was a super cool guy. And I think it's cool to honor his birthday, which just happens to randomly be January 20th or so. And his birthday is celebrated, I think we observed on the Monday around there. And again, fair enough. I mean, who won't take a free Monday in January? But it just seems kind of random, you know? So I just, I asked myself like, okay, I guess these are the three most important people in the USA ever, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna say they aren't. I just think it's almost, it's just, it just seems a little weird. And then the fourth one is Christopher Columbus, and that takes us back to the autumn. Uh, his birthday falls at the beginning of October. That's when we observe his day. And this is the most contentious by far, because no one is going to really pretend that he's a great guy. We've become a lot more jaded and cynical about him as a historical figure. 
I mean, he was obviously a genocidal maniac working for the Queen of Spain, you know? So it's a little weird to revere him nowadays, looking back on colonialism with such judgment as we now do. So it's really odd to celebrate him since he, you know, wiped out the Amerindians of the Caribbean and the States by extension and introduced the African slave trade. So yeah, I am with everyone when we kind of like, you know, look crooked-eyed at this holiday called Columbus Day, which is now often like tried to be turned into something like um, an Amerindian first tribes kind of day. And that's it. That's coming from a good place. I get that. That's cool. But it's also weird, you know, like let's make a holiday for the people whose land we stole. I mean, seems strange. I think we could probably honor that spirit better, like by actually giving sovereignty to native land, which they still hold. Maybe even, you know, carve out more of it for um, a native, you know, a like a, a proper country. Or, you know, bring them into the fold in a more meaningful, deeper, better way through support and what have you. But nonetheless, Columbus Day is an official federal holiday and it's on the calendar. So no one's not going to celebrate it in terms of taking the day off, right? But yeah, those are the four men we celebrate by name. <laughs> I just think it's kind of weird. And then it gets weirder when we celebrate the saints, and now we're really into territory where I am kind of just not liking these holidays, full stop. I mentioned All Saints Day. I think I mentioned it. That's November 1st uh, after Halloween. And that's supposedly when we're supposed to honor all the saints who have been canonized throughout Catholicism. But no one really cares about that. What we care about for some reason are St. Patrick and St. Valentine. And we celebrate these in the weirdest ways. Again, I do appreciate the spirit of the Bacchanalia and the Dionysian aspects. And, you know, one is partying and one is sex and love. And those are cool things. But I think they're done better by carnival. They're done better by festivals or music festivals, you know. And I think they're done really badly in these two holidays. So St. Patrick's Day is the one that I mentioned earlier, or I alluded to rather, because it's March 17. So it's the closest thing we have to a sort of vernal equinox holiday. But no one kind of acknowledges that. They just acknowledge the Irish <laughs> for some reason. I mean, why of all nations on the planet do the Irish get a holiday in the U.S.? Sure, the Irish are like maybe the third biggest ethnic group in the U.S. after English and German, I think. But it's still very strange. You know, we're not celebrating Oktoberfest, though I bet we might if it wasn't for the world wars. That's just a little <laughs> hypothesis. But yeah, and by the way, Oktoberfest would be very similar. It would just be a beer drinking holiday, which it is here in Germany. But by the way, it comes from Bavaria, southern Germany, not northern Germany. But all Germans kind of recognize it sort of but anyway uh saint patrick's day people wear green they you know wear clovers or something they talk about leprechauns they wear buttons that say kiss me i'm irish and they drink a lot of guinness or whatever and i just think it's awful i think it's like the stupidest holiday 
you know like the fact that this is a vaunted holiday on the level of i don't know people talking about it all the time i just think it's kind of absurd but fair enough i mean i like to drink i just don't like to be told that it's time to drink and now it's like okay to day drink and be foolish i don't know i guess i just don't see it quite working as a holiday that's my take and valentine's day i'm equally critical of because this is a forced day of romance i mean who wants that you know romance is cool and i think it's important to celebrate it but i think it's better to celebrate it through well first of all in spring so in a way i feel like these should switch like i would rather have like a a debaucherous uh binge drinking day in the dead of winter you know in february and have a love and romance day when spring is approaching that would make more sense already if you flipped them but anyway February 14 is Valentine's Day, and that's when you're expected to have a date, so already you feel bad if you don't, which is a lot of people. And then on that date, it can't be the first date because that's too much pressure, or the second even. And if you're already in a long-term relationship, you know, it probably ups the ante of what you have to do, but already if you're just on a date, you have to make a dinner reservation, which is super hard because suddenly every restaurant is full on that day. It's kind of like the restaurant holiday. And you have to buy flowers or chocolates. So it's like one of these Hallmark holidays, you know, where it's just like, you have to buy a bunch of stuff. And your best case scenario is to just be seen as respectable, like you've done the right thing on this holiday that no one really wants to be forced into. So I just think it's annoying. I've had a couple of good ones just by happenstance because I was in you know, good relationships, but I don't want to be told when to celebrate my relationship. Isn't that what an anniversary is for? Or even just like that special occasion that you guys have marked on your own calendar. So yeah, I'm not into Valentine's Day or any of these other corporate holidays like Mother's Day, Father's Day, Parents Day, Grandparents Day, Secretary's Day, Boss's Day. These are all ridiculous. So I'm not even going to go any further with those ones we also have these other made-up holidays like flag day as if we need another patriotism day we have earth day which is kind of cool in its meaning right i mean the earth should be celebrated but if you understand my thesis here the holidays should be about earth the equinoxes and the solstices those are earth days you know acknowledging the seasons changing are earth days that's what holidays should all be. So I think it's a little weird that we have this random Earth Day, which is just placed, you know, arbitrarily on the calendar somewhere. And then finally, I'll end with the most random holidays, like Groundhog Day, you know, which is February 2nd, and it has this weird mythology about a groundhog coming out of the ground and seeing its shadow and if it sees its shadow that means there's six more weeks of winter i guess and if it doesn't see its shadow it means that winter is coming or spring is coming sooner which doesn't even make sense like if you see your shadow that means it's sunny and that means that winter should be ending sooner doesn't it if you don't see your shadow that means it's cloudy that means six more weeks of winter that's what i would think but it's actually counterintuitive but it's all ridiculous anyway right i mean we all know when spring is actually coming I guess it does oscillate and fluctuate a bit, but 
it's a funny holiday. I think it's most important because of the film of the same name, which is brilliant. And then the final holiday I'll mention just for kicks is April Fool's Day, which is just the most strange, random holiday, April 1st, that you just get to prank people. And it's like the day of pranking, (laughs) which is kind of cool. And I like, again, from that pagan spirit of something, it's like a universal thing that people can get into and recognize and it you know it crosses all borders i don't know if it's celebrated worldwide actually but it's like it's a funny jest it's like a fun day it's like comedy and that's cool i don't think it's done the best but it can be and it's not done badly like you don't have to do anything for it but you know like companies will often make big jokes on that day or announce something wrong just for laughs like that's kind of fun you know so i like that holiday actually but i'll end by saying this april 1st should be new year's day not april fool's day it should be the time when we actually acknowledge the new year and i don't know of a culture that actually does acknowledge the new year at that time But in my mind, that is when the year really starts. That's when I'm feeling like, okay, time to turn a new leaf, time to begin anew. Everything is fresh. Everything is blossoming and blooming. Spring, you know? This is January, early January that I'm recording this, and it does not feel like a new year. It feels like hibernation mode. It feels like time to not do anything and just stay in. That is not the vibe of a new year, if you ask me. But nonetheless, happy new year, everyone. Until next time. Ciao.